What up, ladies and gents? It is Friday, right before a three-day weekend. Yeah, James got crazy here today. <laughs> yeah, so here yeah. we go. Let's get this show on the road. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. Yeah, <laughs> it is time for you to drop the heat. Dropping it all right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz to schedule your time slot and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another credible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Incredible, not just credible, but incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today has been in the financial services industry since 2004. She started her career by building, and after 10 years selling, a thriving financial firm that, at its peak, had her managing over $40 million in assets for her clientele. After moving across the country and reestablishing herself in her new state, she set to work rebuilding the business that she loves to be in and forging new relationships with the clients she loves to serve. She developed and trademarked her company's DNA, the Dynamic Needs Assessment, which help her, helps her clients understand and holistically focus on the five key areas of financial life. What are those five key areas? Well, you're going to have to tune in to learn. Joining us today out of Glendale, Arizona, from Keystone Capital Management Group, welcome to the show, Kim Dyer. <laughs> That's how we roll. All right, Kim. I know you're having a good time already. It's Friday. Five things, five key components that we're working on. First of all, you know, tell me how how you got into the financial space. Everybody has a different story, and then we can kind of dive into those five key points. Hey, that sounds awesome. I have an Uncle Vern that used to uh, pick up cans of milk from farms in northern Minnesota. And when I would go visit and stay at my aunt and uncle's house, I would get up at, you know, the crack of dawn and I'd go around with my Uncle Vern. And he worked so hard, he, you know, in they switched to bulk tanks, but when he was doing it, can you imagine those great big hundred pound milk cans filled with milk? And he'd take, he'd go to every farmer and pick up the cans, take them in, lift them off the truck, empty them, and then put them back on the truck and go out for another load. And he worked so hard. And when he was done, he was offered a retirement and you can imagine the hard stress that he put on his body when he was doing all of that. And when he 
chose his retirement, he didn't get a second opinion. And he chose the highest amount. So for his pension, he picked his life only. Guess what happened? He passed. He passed. He passed. And my aunt, who, you know, was there supporting him. Uh, and, you know, he didn't, he didn't mean to make a wrong decision. He was just trying to get the highest income stream for their family. And what he found out was, uh, you know, when he passed because of all that hard uh, impact on his body, um, <laughs> she had to sell. You know, she had to sell the farm, and it was just painful to watch. It was just really painful. So that that is my story. Um, that's why I I I want to help make a difference in people's lives. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a horrible story, first of all. I mean, that, that, that's so sad that that, that happens. Uh, but, you know, th this is the key to financial intelligence. You know, I, I teach I teach high schoolers and, and they're about to enter this real world where they've been sheltered for pretty much the last, you know, 17 years of their life. The last chapter that we cover in class is retirement planning. And we talk about things like Social Security. We talk about pensions. We talk about deferred compensation plan. We talk about defined benefits plans and one of the one of the things that I talk about is the number of different options that you have available to you when you activate social security when you activate some of these pension plans and what you're describing there is just somebody who's who, who just didn't know who didn't have an understanding of how things work and just because they want to provide for their family doesn't necessarily mean that that route is the best route. What did you do, you know, once you once you realize that I don't want this to happen to anybody else, how did that shape your life and in, in, in the in goals that you wanted to attain? Well, absolutely education, uh, making sure People will make the right decisions a lot of times if they're, they're given the tools. You know, sometimes people just don't know. I, I just met with someone uh, just a half hour ago that's 73, and she thought retirement for her was going to be horrible. You know, she hadn't thought about the income she's going to get from a house she's going to sell. The market is the highest. We went through and we ran some projections for her. She looked like a hundred pounds had been lifted off her shoulder because of now she could see the numbers. Now she could see, you know, that she has done a lot of right things and that she is going to be okay in retirement because, you know, somebody that's 73, they can live 20, 25 years and thinking about how are you going to live during that time? Uh, it's a huge concern for people. So, it's all the time. So back to your question, education, uh, knowing the options that are available to you, and then people will make the right decisions, I think. Kim, when I talk about when I talk about retirement, I often tell people that retirement is not an age problem. It's not a problem of being 59 and a half, 62, 65, 67, 72 and a half, you know, all these different ages that we hear for minimum distributions and IRA penalties and all these different things. It's not an age problem. It's a cash flow problem and yeah. proper planning, whatever it is that, whatever lifestyle it is that you want to live, you know, what I try to talk to my students early on is 
Come up with a plan. What is it that you want your life to look like? Does it look like a motorhome on the beach where you can surf every single day? Does it look like a condo? Does it look like a house in the suburbs? Does it look like an apartment in downtown? What does your life look like? Hit a dollar amount that that lifestyle will establish. And then now it's about building your assets over time so that they cover those expenses. It's really a cash flow problem. What do you think? I agree totally. Absolutely. And a lot of people think, oh, I don't have any money, so I'm just not going to start. The time to start start saving is right now. You know, this individual that I just talked about, if she would start putting money in a Roth for six years and get a decent return, by the time she's 80, she might have 75000 sitting in the bank that could help her to take care of expenses and to live that lifestyle that she really wants. So it's never too late to start saving. You can do both. You can save and live the life you want to live. It doesn't have to be, it's balance, isn't it? It's, it's, it's finding what the balance is for you, what your lifestyle is, because not everybody needs the same amount to live on. Oh, absolutely. James mentioned those five key things, and I want to make sure that the audience at least gets to hear what those things are, and then we can kind of talk about those. Let's start off with number one. What's the first key that you that you recommend to your clients? Well, one of those is income, and what is your desired income in retirement, and um, is it replacing the income you have now? How much is that? How much does that need to be? So, going through those calculations of income. Uh, Another one is healthcare. Is, you know, are you going to need help us living, assisted living? How are you, what kind of health insurance, long term care? All those things are a, a huge impact on being able to live after you retire and even before you retire, how you're going to take care of healthcare. Let's, let's pause right there for a second. Okay. Healthcare, okay? Because uh, this is one of those things that we don't often think about when you're when you're young, when you're first fresh out of high school, you're 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 living life. You're almost you feel invincible. Nothing is going to get in your way, right? Everything is, is per- perfectly okay. But as we get older, you know, our mind, I like to, I like to tell people, I'm like, I think I stopped aging around 18 or 25, somewhere around there. Mentally, I'm still there. My body continues to age, but mentally, I'm still where I'm supposed to be. But as I get older, things start to happen. You start to feel it in your joints. You start to feel it in your back. You start to lose your vision. And there's a lot of things that happen. Um, and, and so you kind of hinted on these long-term care and some of these health plans. What are you seeing in today's market as far as, you know, what kind of cost can we assume as we get older that those things are going to incur? Well, if you think today people are paying seven or 8,000 a month, uh, for memory units or just for care in a nursing home. Can you imagine what that is gonna be like in 15 or 20 years at a 4% growth? That number is, it blows your mind to think about what you need to take care of yourself. And the hard part is a lot of times, it's not the person who needs the care, who's gonna go in the nursing home and is gonna be taken care of, but a lot of times it's your spouse. You know, it's the hardest on the spouse that's not in needing the long-term care. It's the stress on their life and how are they going to come up with the funds. So there are strategies that you can do to protect each other. 
Um, there's still uh, things that you can do to help uh, take some of your assets and make sure you have uh, resources if you need long-term care, or maybe you just need uh, a, a home health. You know, maybe it's not living, maybe it's doing things in your home that you can stay in your home, but if you had a nurse or somebody come in every day or every other day, maybe you could stay there. So there's lots of strategies around how are you gonna take care of yourself as your body ages. And there are a lot of products as well, right? There are a lot of long-term yes. care insurance products that if you fund yes. them extra early, if you start early on, they're very, very minimal cost. Like, I mean, you can literally spend more money at Starbucks in a month than you would at the expense when you get it early on because you're so far ahead of the game so that when that time comes, you're not coming out of pocket. You might not even know that you have a spouse in your future, Absolutely. right? You might not Absolutely. know what you may need, but now it's paid for. It's something that you don't have to worry about it's a weight that is absolutely lifted off your shoulders right absolutely and they have come out with these new hybrid policies where they're a little bit of life insurance with long-term care benefit on them they're incredible if you were you can pay for them monthly uh, for the rest of your life you can pay for them over 10 years or you could just set some money aside and I've got people that are looking at um, it. The other thing about them is they grow like a 3% growth or a 5% growth. So it stays up with that inflation. But there are tools out there to cover those long-term care needs. And like you said, if you'll just set a little bit of money aside, set it in one of these hybrid tools that have a little bit of life insurance, but a lot of long-term care benefit it's incredible what it can do for you. So don't give up on it. Even if you're 60 or 65, there are tools that you can get. It seems so far-fetched for my youngins out there. You know, yeah, it seems so far away, but I can guarantee you in a blink of an eye, we were just talking before the show, it's June already. And you're going to get that feeling more and more and more <laughs> as the years go on. You're like, oh my gosh. I remember in the 1900s is one of the things that I keep Rose, saying. Well, we're going, we don't need Road. Exactly. All right. So number two is healthcare. What's number three, Kim? Well, taxes. How do you plan for retirement without thinking about taxes, right? Mm. And I'm kind of biased. There's this, we see so many people that get to retirement age and they have all their savings in IRA money. So they don't want to take it out of their IRA because they have to pay taxes on it. It's, it's a huge issue. And there are strategies that we help people look at. Can we get it converted to a Roth IRA so you never have to pay tax on it again? Or can we put money in another vehicle that grows tax-free? There are so solutions out there for you to put your funds in that you don't have to pay taxes, that you they grow tax free. You know, it's a beautiful thing when you can when you have these other buckets. And 
Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, let, let me help uh, clarify some of these things. What, what, what Kim's talking about here is the difference between, you know, tax deferred plans. What does tax deferred actually mean? Uh, like in football, when you get that coin that's flipped and one team wins the toss and let's say they win the toss and they're like, you know what? I don't want to receive the ball right now. I want it in the second half. I'm going to defer to the second half. So what that, what you're essentially saying in these deferred plans, in these IRAs that are deferred or 401ks that are tax deferred plans, 403b, what all those are is I don't pay the tax today. I get a tax break today, actually. But Uncle Sam, he still wants to get paid at some point in the future. So when you pull that money out later on, you are going to pay the tax on that. Uh, and even if you try to hold out, like, let's say, you know what? I don't need that money. I'm going to put it away. At 72, uh, all of a sudden, Uncle Sam is going to say, look, you're either going to take this money or we're going to hit you with a 50% penalty. Might yeah. sound about right? It's absolutely right. Is, is that not unbelievable that they have a 50% penalty if you don't make your required minimum distribution at 72? Oh, hell no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's true. I know. And did you know that on a Roth IRA, if you leave it to a non-spouse, did you know that they have to do a required minimum distribution it's not taxable, but if they don't do it, that's 50% penalty if they don't oh. do it. Because the government wants you to get it out of those plans and pay your taxes. But they're really, there's some, in, running some of the numbers, if you move your money from an IRA over to a Roth IRA, depending on uh, the tax rate and, you know, uh, we run a lot of schedules for people and say, can we do that before you turn 65? Because you know what happens when you turn 65? Um, you have to pay for your uh, Medicare Part B. Mm -hmm. And if you make too much money in Medicare Part B, then they raise your health insurance. And they mm -hmm. can raise it from $150 to $450 a month times two. That can be a big hit on how much you have to pay for that health care. The distributions from Roth IRAs don't impact that. So if you can get your money, the taxes paid, then when you're in retirement, those distributions that you're taking out of Roth IRAs, they don't impact that Medicare Part B. And the other thing is how much of your income is taxable. Social Security, if you make too much, then you have to pay tax on 85% of the earnings. Again, Roth IRA doesn't impact that. So there's a there's schedules that we can run showing that it's helpful if you can get some of the some of that savings moved over from a Roth or excuse me from an IRA that you didn't pay the tax to a Roth IRA that you never have to pay tax again. You've paid the tax. It's after tax savings. Um, it really can help your retirement years. You're absolutely right. And look, ladies, here's the bottom line. You don't have to be an expert in this stuff. I, it, it excites me. It excites Kim. You know, there are people like us that are completely weirdos that we get, you know, we, we get our jiggles on, on taxes and retirement planning. Like it's fun. He ain't lying.
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So look, you don't have to know all these things. Just understand it. it, it ba the basic stories like this, you start working when you, you know, you hit 18, you graduate high school, you're going to start working. You're in what we call the accumulation phase. This is where you start making money. This is where you start putting money away. What we're talking about is, you know, that's the uphill. We're talking about the downhill. This is the distribution stage. The planning there has to go into effect. And there are a, a number of different things, by the way. You know, when you do a reverse mortgage, for example, that's, that's income that comes in that not taxable income because it's technically a loan. There are things like whole life policies that you can fund yes. as you're going through the accumulation phase that you can borrow against so that you have income that you have, but it's not taxable income because again, it's a loan. There are different strategies with different products that you can use once you start accumulate that money and putting it in away. So you want to work with people who understand all these different tools so they can put together a plan that works for you. Kim, what's number three after taxes? Uh, investments, of course, you know, what you, uh, it, it's a very hard time right now. You know, it used to be, there was this teeter totter and we'd, we'd say, as you age, we're going to move you from equities over to fixed income, but look at what it, fixed income has done right now. It is, um, it, it's just painful to watch people that are, that have, 50% of their portfolio in fixed income. And there are tools and products that you can do that you can avoid the down or that have a buffer on the down. And so we're doing more equities and that, that old teeter-totter that used to be as you age, you move over to bonds or fixed income products. It's, it doesn't look quite the same because What's going to happen over these next few years as the government's spending more, no matter what side of the fence you're on, government is spending a lot and they're going to have to keep interest rates down or it will be a problem for the government. So investments and how you approach those, there are going to be winners over these next, next few years and we want you to take advantage of that. So investments is always part of that strategy and that those are those are you know certain types of investments so to to help clarify what you were describing sounded to me like the fixed indexed annuities right so that you have in, in in things that are tied to the market so that you can uh benefit from the from the ups of the market but you're you're sheltered from when the market tanks like for example right now we've had some of the greatest bull runs in the market that you've seen in a long time we yeah. are due for something to change the market is too hot i mean like scorching hot interest yeah. rates are at all time low they keep printing money which means we're just pumping stuff in yeah exactly ham it is hot yeah. But what goes up must come down. And uh, when you're talking about investments and, and making sure you're in, in the right place, it's because at that point on that downhill, remember we talked about accumulation, now we're talking about uh, the distribution part. That's when you have to realize some of these gains and losses, right? This is when you actually execute some of the sales or execute some of the annuity plans so that you have those income streams set up straight. So, you know, we're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. Exactly, right? You want to make sure you've you've taken care of yourself. So play, you know, using the market times, using some of these other products, using you know annuities, insurance products, loan products, all these things correctly is going to put you in a position where again, what kind of lifestyle do you want to lead? We figure that out based on what you've already put aside in the different investment portfolios. 
I was just going to just want to clarify, we do a lot of indexed annuities for sure, but we also use life insurance. Life insurance can have uh, you know, a bigger cap or you, mm-hmm. you, you participate more in that upswing. If it goes up, you're getting more of it. But if you can avoid the down, so it, it can make such a difference if in your portfolio if you avoid the down. So there's insurance products, there's uh, fixed indexed annuities, and now they've come out with ETFs that they have a buffer that you won't lose over 15% as long as you hold it for a year. So there's a lot of interesting things that are coming to protect you on the down. Perfect, perfect. All right, what about number five? Last and final one. The last and final one is legacy. Uh, And, you know, if you care about what you leave to to your family when you're gone, the best thing you can do is have a trust. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't need a trust. I can use TODs or I have all my stuff in uh, in either life insurance or in annuities and I can just leave it to them or I can just leave uh, leave my house, you know, uh, put a, a transfer to a deed upon my death. But here's the deal that that does not do. Doesn't take care of if you are incapacitated or if you can't make those decisions. So a trust, all it does is takes care of you in the event you can't make those decisions yourself. And you know, banks and all sorts of entities, they're making it harder now. If they see something going on with a senior citizen, they're gonna report it and they they could freeze your accounts if they think you aren't don't have the capacity and then then you've got to go through a guardianship or you know a whole bunch of issues to take care of you or for your family to get access to the funds so having that trust in place a lot of times we take people by the hands and say just do this you're it's cheaper to pay for a trust today than to pay for going through probate when you die and the other thing that might become an issue is if you have too many assets, you know, if they're talking about, um, 50%. Yeah. If think uh, I've got a client who right now is worth, um, $4 million. Think about, and they're young, they're 50 and think about if that, if they have a growth of 5%, if it can double and double again, and double one more time in their lifetime. Think about that four, eight, 16. The IRS says if they change that, um, the estate limit, if they drop it back down to a million or two million, and each person has that two million, just think, let's say they drop it to two, that you have, you can one time transfer to your heirs. Think about they're taking 50% tax on anything over 4 million. So if your estate grows to 16 million, you die. And I don't know what they'll change the lifetime, uh, what you can give the exclusion. But if they drop it to a million or 2 million, like they're talking about, you need, 
your family will need help paying the tax on that estate. I love to explain it to pretty simply. It's it's one of those things where like, it's okay, I'm going to be fine. Mom and dad have two houses. So, you know, the income's going to be great. Well, what you're describing there is when mom and dad pass away, because it will happen, hopefully later than sooner, but it will happen. Uh, you're going to sit down and they're going to say, okay, well, which house would you like to sell? And you're going to be like, no, I don't want to sell either one. I want to keep them both. Well, the tax bill is half. So which one do you want to get rid of? And that's a scary situation. That's one of those things you don't want to get into. And you mentioned a trust, which is super powerful, by the way. Those of you who who want to leave a legacy behind, generational wealth, we're talking about, you know, over multiple generations. All of us are going to die, but a trust will live on. A trust does not die. It's, it's, you know, you might not own anything, but your trust owns everything and you control the trust. You don't have to own things in this world. Like that's one of those big misconceptions that we have as we earn things and we buy things and this is mine. You don't have to own things. You want to control things, but you don't have to own them. And if you can get over that part, this is where a trust becomes super powerful because you avoid things like estate, uh, estate tax, or you avoid a lot of these other types of uh, penalties that you might hit upon death. The trust is, is a beautiful thing that you can set up. And you're right. It doesn't cost that much, two, $3,000 to, to get it set up for your life, for your estate. And it takes care of, and you do have to ask some, some gnarly questions like, who do you want your kids to, to take who yeah. you want them to take care of your kids if you die? Or, you know, who do you want to manage the money when you when you when you're incapacitated? Who do you want to be able to pull the plug on you? Uh, who do you want to make all these decisions? And you have to sit back and think about not just one person, but you want to do like one, two, three people because you don't know what's gonna happen in your lifetime. Yeah. Kim, that it's some tough questions that you have to sit down and talk to when it comes to trust, right? It absolutely is. But if you don't do it, the government has one for you. So, you know, there will be something done and you may not like it. Uh, so it, it's so important. But wouldn't it break your heart if, you know, your child got, you left everything to your child, your child was in a marriage and they got divorced and then it go, you know, it gets split up because of that, things that happen in life and Gosh, there's so many things that can happen to your legacy that if you would just have stated what you wanted, that you wanted to protect it from marriages and divorces, deaths, things that can happen. Oh, my gosh. It, if you would just take a little bit of time and set that up, it makes a world of difference. It's like being a vampire, ladies and gentlemen. You control the assets from beyond the grave because you've laid out the rules. It's super awesome, actually. Kim, if people want to reach out to you, uh, talk to you about what's going on, maybe get some financial planning and some advice, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, they can uh, email me at kim at keystonegroupaz.com. We are on Facebook at Keystone capital management group llc uh and my phone number is 623-299-9710 
Awesome. Kim, thank you very much for taking time to come on the show today. I know it's a Friday. It's a Friday evening, right before a three-day weekend, and we're talking financial planning. I know it's not for everybody, but it's okay. You can listen to it and replay because it's definitely some information that you need to know about. You need to know about this stuff. Nobody's going to take care of your money like you will. You might assume that people are going to be around to do this and do that. Look, you need a team to help to advise you so that you can make an educated decision. Don't go like Uncle Vern and just assume you know what's going on. Get the help that you need from licensed professionals, from people who can advise you one way or another. Then you can sit back, take all that information, and make a choice. Kim, thank you very much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking this time. You've been great. Thank you. All right, ladies and gents, we'll see you guys again next week. Have a great weekend. Be safe out there. Don't do anything crazy. And if you do, do it twice. See you guys later. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.